Conversation Hat Podcast. Welcome back to the Conversation Hat Podcast, a comedy podcast for geeks, artists, and Ben. It's for Ben. The show is for Ben. It's all about Ben. Ah, oh, oh. thanks. Thanks, guys. Uh, that's my co-host, Ben. He's over there. That's We're me. socially distant. I'm... And I'm Liam. We... I am, I'm also socially distant. We are distant. distant. Um... <laughs> Sorry, I'm just seeing a lot of really funny stuff happening in the chat. I'm going to address what's going on in the chat in a second. Um, this is the live stream, com- <laughs> the live streamed podcast recording where me and Ben spend an hour installing audio drivers in order to then have Ben freeze within three minutes of hitting the record button. I can hear him, but I can only see his chin. It's really good. Uh, ben, are you aware that you're frozen? <laughs> That's a no. Um, I was fro- I was frozen for a little You're bit. Back now, as were you, okay. um, and and the chat. Do you want to say what's going on in the chat? Because I think that's probably got something to do with it. Yeah, it could be. Um, so Simon Petter on Twitch was going to uh, give us a very fun uh, pirate fact, and um, the the Streamlabs bot has freaked out because he sent like three lines of text and I don't know if it's muted him <laughs> it might have muted him which would be <laughs> just amazing I don't know what to do about that um, Simon Pettit's fun pirate fact this is the whole reason we do the live stream is so that we can have people muted live on air um, so all the surviving sheet music that was written <laughs> by people who are believed to be former sailors or pirates Statistically speaking, we're all written in the same key. Preliminary research seems to suggest that most sea shanties had been sung in a high C. Ha ha ha! I don't think that's a fact. I think that's a pun. And puns aren't always facts. It's kind of funny. Um, Also, when you you talk about uh, scales and keys, you don't have to specify whether it's high or not. You just sort of... You just sort of do. Doesn't matter. Today we're talking about nostalgia. That's true. Today we're talking about nostalgia. Uh, I would go, we went to Wales with my dad and um, there would be signs, warning of like the cliffs and the high mountains and stuff that said high peaks. So whenever we went past one, we all had to go peaks. Because then it's a high peak. Like a high sea with pirates singing. That's why you have to say high sea, Liam, because otherwise it's not fun. It's just a thing to say. Today's topic is nostalgia. Um, <laughs> I'm nostalgic for the time when I didn't have to hear about Ben's family holidays. Uh, ben, are you, nost- <laughs> are you nostalgic for your family holidays? You piece of shit. You, that's, your feelings for me are irrelevant. <laughs> Um, no, I can't really remember them, to be honest. They were just holidays. The, the, I don't think you can really feel nostalgic for holidays. Mm. Because everyone would rather be on holiday, right? No, not me. At, at some point, you would rather... Why not? Uh, because I, I like doing stuff. And I like doing the stuff that I want to do. And that's why I do the stuff I want to do. I don't want to take a break from doing the stuff I want to do. But I realise that I'm in a privileged position of having a job I actually like most of the time. That's true. 
And then all the freelance I mean, stuff, I'd rather do the freelance stuff than take a week off and then have a bunch more freelance stuff build up. But I also do, I, I'm also really bad at taking time off. So I need to get better at that because my brain stops working most of the time. Yeah, um, you should. Don't take life advice from me. Um, no, don't. Can you be nostalgic for a time in your life that you don't specifically remember, but you just kind of remember the feel of? Is that a thing? I guess. I mean, it would be... It's tricky, isn't it? Simon Pettit says yeah, yes. Yeah, I mean, it would be kind of cool to... If, I don't know, like maybe five or six. You know, you're, you're at the point when you've stopped pissing the bed. Speak for you yourself. Get, fancy. Mm, fancy man. But, you know, yeah, you get ice cream, people make you dinner, the house is pretty much always clean or at least it's cleaned up after you yeah yeah the the worst things that happens when you're like five is you fall over or you have to put your toys away so i wouldn't mind yeah actually to be fair during lockdown <laughs> spent a lot of time in the house and at the moment some of the worst things that happen are me falling down or having to tidy up how many times have you fallen down since lockdown <laughs> three three times three times it like they've not i'm not to the point in my life where it is considered to be me having a fall oh yeah i have just fallen i've not oh because that's much more of an event isn't it and a problematic yeah event. i think i it's a point in your life where i think it's when you fall over just as you have done possibly more times in your life but the repercussions yes. are uh, more severe. That's true. Um, so we have a few like talking points, uh, specific things that we, we're going to talk about, and I, I guess it's worth. Um, I, I guess it's worth kind of stating like when we were kids and what sort of areas, what sort of um, time period we're talking about. So I was born in eighty nine. I'm going to guess that Ben was born. 90? I was born in 1990. Well done. And all that was was just simple maths because I know you're a year younger than me. Um, I used my logic brain and it worked. So, Well done. So obviously I don't remember the 80s, although I was technically there. Um, so a lot of what we're going to be talking about is the 90s through to very early 2000s. Um, I'm going to say maybe we'll talk a little bit about secondary school, but probably not because I think sort of younger than that's probably more interesting. So, so basically up to the very, very early 2000s, 90s to very early 2000s. Um, the categories I have in front of me are TV, film, game, food, music, and books. I haven't written anything for food. Um, so shall we start there? Do you have any food that you're what? nostalgic for? when I would have cereal that's what we had for breakfast before school mm. um, there would be the little sugar pot so you could put sugar on your cereal and when mum left the room I would put like six more tablespoons of sh sugar on my cereal Yeah, because it tasted good Yeah, she probably said don't do it because it's unhealthy as balls Yeah, I was eating this was in the early 90s, early to mid 90s. Really sugary cereal back then. 
Mm. With another six to ten tablespoons of sugar mixed in, yeah. probably wasn't good for little Ben. Yeah, maybe. Um, so I don't really have positive food memories from being a kid. And this is going to sound really evil, but like, um, mum's a vegetarian as, as far, always has been as far as I remember. Um, so like she, I don't know what it is, but then she, she was quite happy to prepare meat dishes, but of course she couldn't taste test any of them. And for some reason would refuse to follow recipes so we'll just go with her intuition. But then not being a meat eater, she didn't seem to get what worked with meat. And so a lot of the meat-related foods were not that great. And then she would try to do vegetarian substitutes for meat dishes like shepherd's pie, for example, and lasagna. But rather than... Because she didn't like um, the traditional um, meat replacement foods she would basically just use like mung beans or lentils. Um, so like I got to the age of uh, certainly in my early twenties thinking that all lasagna tasted nasty because it was made with lentils. <laughs> so I, oh, I remember, that's sad. I remember having lasagna and going, this is dope. What, what is in this beef beef? You say, huh? Um, is that that's what's supposed to be in there? So I wouldn't say I'm nostalgic for food in the '90s. More that I just feel fundamentally betrayed, <laughs> and I think that's why I have bad impulse control when it comes to food now, because I really feel like at any second someone's going to replace these Doritos with lentils. That's fair. Yeah. Do you think that your mum was? Possibly trying to encourage vegetarianism in the rest of the members of your household. But the problem is when the... And that's why she was making bad meat food. Or do you think she was a vegetarian because she couldn't make meat taste good? Oh, maybe. I hadn't thought of that. Uh, but the thing is that the, the vegetarian alternative also didn't taste good. So it wasn't a very good advertisement for vegetarian That's food. not a good system. Yeah, it's not. That's not how marketing works. Um, it's like the, the food equivalent of negging. It's not good. It shouldn't happen. Just does just doesn't work. Why do people try it? Well, exactly. Um, so that that's why I'm all broken. Um, do you have any other any other foods that you remember having for the first time? Bagel bites. Bagel bites. Now, what's a bagel bite? They are not available anymore. Okay. Which is a travesty. Sure. They would be about so big so um smaller than a tennis ball bigger than a golf ball mm -hmm. sized bagels that had been cut in half yeah they were frozen they had tomato sauce on there mm -hmm. and tiny tiny little cubes of frozen cheese cheese cube so they were like tiny mini pizzas okay and you put them in the fridge uh, put them in the oven they get lovely crusty crispy cheese and crusty buttons, and they were gorgeous. Cool. And you could tell that they were quality because they came in a bag. Right, yeah, that's the sign. You know, you can tell this is good stuff yeah. and not absolute tap because it came in a bag. They, they were 
again, probably riddled with sugar. And sodium and all that good stuff. Which is why I liked them. Are yeah, the E numbers... There was no neutral... Uh, back when E numbers were a thing. Good I old them. E numbers. I missed the E numbers. But, you know, it was a... Uh, yeah, probably in no way good for me. But it was, it was a lovely treat. Yeah. And, they, and you, you could just smash through a bag of them because they didn't fill you up very much. Another sign of quality ingredients. Yes. Yeah, I, hunger seems to be a good sign that you're uh, you're being treated something very expensive because there ain't enough of it. Oh heck, uh, MK Tucson for I remember a great Darth Vader ice cream that I loved as a kid. I remember that ice cream. I remember that ice cream, and sometimes they would melt and then refreeze, and they would look horrific. Yeah, more like Chewbacca than Darth Vader when they melted. They would do. Other things I remember, Space Ra was it Space Raiders? Space Raiders, 5p. Yeah, man, 5p. And when Freddos were affordable, bloody inflation. Conversation hat. If I read out the categories, do you want to pick one? Because I, I have something if, for all of these. If you read out the categories, I'll make sure that I've written all the categories down. <laughs> that, that also and helps. And if I haven't, I'll make some stuff up later. Uh, so we got film, TV, game, music, and books. Okay, I've yeah, um, I'm going to go with books. Okay, because of, well, basically, I'm choosing books to go next for the same reason that you chose food now. Right. Because reading to the point that I do now is a relatively recent thing. Yeah. So I. Less so during lockdown because I've been doing other stuff. But before lockdown, I was reading a Terry Pratchett book probably every three weeks. Yeah, yeah, you were going and, through And a bunch of manga and stuff as well. And before that, I hadn't read many things. I'd read like Harry Potter, Hunger Games. But when I was when I was younger, I never read books. Okay. I. I had like funny bones, yeah. you know, the ones where you've learnt to read. Here, have a book that's like 10 pages long and mainly pictures. Uh, there was a series called Animorphs. Yeah, I remember Animorphs. Yeah. Never read them, but it I remember the, them. Um, the American teens, uh, an alien crashes, gives them the power to turn into animals to fight other evil aliens. Yeah, yeah. Which sounds well stupid, and I guess it probably was, but... I love the way it was written was in the past tense and it would always start off each book was a different character mm. that they'd go through so it start off my name is Jake yeah and then it would all be written we went and did this this is where we did I jumped this way so it was all in the past tense and then I think it's like the last f five books maybe because at the beginning they always say, my name's Jake. I can't tell you anything else about myself. But in the final books, like it's like the books caught up with real life. Right. Because he was like saying, because they were saying, it then became like present tense. Mm. And then they got in, then they got discovered and he was like, my name's Jake. Jakeson. I live at number three Jake Street. Mm. Coincidence. And I really liked how they completely not completely, but they switched up past tense to present tense because this is the story finishing. Yeah. It's their story as they're, 
and they like are telling it at the end. Yeah, yeah. And spoiler alert, one of the characters dies. Oh heck. So but it's I think it's their book that they die in. Ah. So halfway through the book, halfway through a sentence, halfway through a word, they die, and then the next chapter it's somebody else picking it up and then finding out that the person's died and Yeah, Ooh. it really stayed with me. Yeah, sounds like and it. And in the in the bottom right hand corner, I'm remembering so much that I've forgotten. Um, they had it like a little flick book. So there would be the person on the front cover of the whoever, whatever model they'd got in to look a bit like that character for that book. Slowly going into an animal that they would be like the main one they'd have to mm. be in the book. So And you would flick it. So you do like a little flip book of them turning into the animal and you do it backwards and they turn back. I remember those. Never read them, but I do remember the uh, I remember the books and the the covers are quite a memory as well. So my yeah, I I wasn't a big reader as a kid. I I sort of um, I never really enjoyed it. And there's like a million books that I got part way through and just could not engage with them and just didn't care. And like now we know dyslexia, but at the time <laughs> it was just thick, just isn't stupid, he? just straight up stupid. Um, so I used to listen to books on tape quite a lot. Um, I'll get to those in a second. Like most, most of like the books I enjoyed were more to do with, um, tie-ins to kind of larger franchises. So like, for example, um, Lord of the Rings, I was really into, but I was mostly into Lord of the Rings because of the films that came out and, um, was the other one i had an audiobook of the first part of empire strikes back on cassette so it was the first third of the empire strikes back and i would listen to that quite a lot I only ever had that one tape and used to listen to a lot of um like classic radio comedies like the goon show hancock's half hour had faulty towers on cassette as well you couldn't see the blackface it was fine um so Wait, like what was there blackface in Faulty Towers or just like the N-word? I can't remember. Because they definitely edited out the N-word if it was on, if it was uh, I, that. Just, I didn't know that either of those turned were, were, were in there. I think so. There's a whole thing that came out recently. Anyway, it doesn't matter. Um, so like in, in terms of nostalgia, like obviously I, I have a lot of good memories of uh, Lord of the Rings, but being a nerd and being into like D and D and games and stuff like the enjoyment of Lord of the Rings has carried on. It's not something that I look back on as a childhood thing because it's still part of me being a nerd. Um, stuff that was specific to childhood: um, horrible histories and horrible sciences. Uh, there was even yes. a horrible I geography. Loved horrible science. Horrible science. I met. I met. It was either the writer or the illustrator for Horrible Sciences, and I will still have somewhere autographed Horrible Science books. So that's quite cool. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think I've got some more autographed Terry Pratchett's as well. You bastard. Yeah, sorry about that. Um, The only... I think I managed to read Truckers, Diggers and Wings, but then I struggled with, like, the grown-up Terry Pratchett's, and the only reason I tried them was because of the Discworld games. We'll get into Discworld games. That 
is a separate post-it. Um, <laughs> I'm going to use books to talk about one more uh, audio book because I'm cheating. Um, did you ever read or listen to The Owl Who Was Afraid of the Dark? Oh my god, yes I did. <laughs> yes, someone, finally. Um, I'm sorry, but that that didn't exist in my head until you just mentioned it, and now I can see the, the little owl. The little and owl, the... and the blue and the red and the white, whatever the cover was. Owl that, yep. owl that was afraid of the dark was great. It was ostensibly, um, for the benefit of listeners, it was basically a book about a barn owl who was a baby, um, and he didn't like being nocturnal because he was afraid of the dark, and also he was a bit crap at flying. So every chapter he would have an interaction <laughs> with some kind of person or animal who has some somewhat convincing argument for why the night ends so bad after all, if you think about it. So I think there's like... Is there like a fox or a badger and there's a child with a sparkler and then there's an old woman who's going to die or something? Um, I have, that feels like the sort of... Um... It's, it's that kind of thing. And then, yeah. like, I'm, it's a kid's book, so, like, spoilers. Um, he's eventually okay with the concept of nighttime and he goes hunt, hunting with his parents. And it's, it's all very... Uh, it's it's a great setup for um, sometimes in life you have to do things you don't want to do, but you know what? You're not a barn owl, so go to work. Um, that's what I took away from that anyway. The conversation has... Um, film, TV, musical game. Uh, well, I thought that it was film and TV. Gotcha. It's not, so I doesn't have, have two... to be. Uh, well, I have two movies to talk about and kind of a TV thing. Okay. Um... We can do movies because my my movie is um, super racist. I've not seen super racist. Please, tell it's me. like super bad, but really uncool. <laughs> but even worse. Uh, no, my my film is Zulu. With Michael Caine. With Michael Caine. Um, sorry, I'm just writing down the time. I'm not I'm not stalling for time in order to defend myself. Um, now, can, can I just Zulu is a very old film. Yeah, I've it's been on the te- I've been in the room while it was on the telly, but I was probably you can't see how small I was. I was probably very early in my life, so I haven't seen it. But as far as my little brain, it's um, based on true battle. Yeah, British people invading Africa. And the locals not being very happy and killing them all. Yeah, it's the... Killing all the Michael Caines. It's a somewhat fictionalisation of the Battle of Rourke's Drift, which was... um, There was a really huge defeat of the British in South Africa by the people, the indigenous people of Africa, the Zulus. Um... I'm doing that because I don't know if that's the name we gave them. I just don't know enough about the world around me. Um, and following that, that, that's a film called Zulu Dawn. And then Zulu is the film about like a little outpost shortly after, which very nearly got completely messed up by the indigenous people. Um, because the British probably just shouldn't have been oh, there. Oh, rubbish. Yeah. Um, because we suck. Zulu is 
a good film in the sense that, like when Brexit happened, it was really great to just work out on who on Facebook you wanted to unfriend. Zulu is the equivalent for family dinners. If it's on and a family member is cheering for the British side, you probably don't want to send them a card. Basically. Um, mm. it's, it's not great. It's I liked the film when I was a kid um, because... Uh, oh, this is like the stupid, lamest thing in the world, even as I formulate the sentence in my brain. Go on. Games Workshop... Wait for it. They brought out a um, a range of uh, figures that were that were based off of um, the British forces in that time period, but they were they were kind of steampunky sci-fi. Like they all looked like Professor Elemental, basically. Um, cool. Uh, so, like, yeah, I I love a good uniform. Occasionally, I don't mind a pith hat. And um, when they brought that out, they they sort of did like a a tabletop reenactment of oh this is so bad I'm, it's dawning on me now how awful this is where the um the defending british army were space humans and the attacking uh zulu nation were orcs who had spears and oh. were green colored how bad is that shit the bed it doesn't feel... <laughs> doesn't feel good. Mm. <laughs> um, so, like, they... No. Nah, it's not great, is it? No, 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 no. I, can I take Zulu off the list? Because that, that is the only film I have. I'm just going to put... Sure. Shall we just put a pin in that and never return to it? I was... If... Yeah, sure. That it's, sounds like a fine way to do. <laughs> what 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 is worth saying is that like as a this is this is going to this is now going to come across as virtue signaling, but that's fine. Um as a kid, like the ultimate takeaway like other than the the, the narrative, the dramatization is like very strong because obviously the story on the face of it is about soldiers like trying to overcome the odds they don't necessarily want to be there half of them are criminals who just like wanted to steal food so they could feed their family and oh now we're in africa what the hell is this so like and the the sort of like narrative of oh just trying to get through it but we don't have enough defenses this is going to be pointless oh why did we bring a child here obviously the child died um but like even as a kid i was I, I couldn't get past the fact of, yeah, but why were we in Africa? Why were we mm. trying to take land? Like, what was the purpose of that? Um, and that, if it wasn't for the movie Zulu, I don't know if I would have become interested in, like, uh, I don't know whether to call it the bad side of colonialism or just to refer to it as colonialism. Um, and this is also not where I thought the stream would go today. But here we are. Let's make the most of it. Um, so if it wasn't for that movie, I might have been a bit later to the party with the whole, oh, actually, we're the bad guys, spiel. Um, I think someone else needs to talk. Um, ben, what what racially motivated films did you enjoy as a child? Don't say Shaft. Um, 
No, I wasn't going to. I've not seen it. Uh, these weren't... That's the good I answer. Well, I suppose... Oh, no. I think you've just made... <laughs> Have I ruined everyone's day? <laughs> well... I have on the top of this movie list small soldiers. Okay, where were they invading? Was it Argentina? Well, this is it. it I really like this film. It was like toys. They're trying. Uh, this company's trying to make really cool, hyper-realistic, awesome toys. Um, and to do so, one guy puts military-grade hardware yes. processing chips yeah. into these toys. So they are essentially alive, yeah. and there's the Gorgonites, which are the peace-loving, sort of monster forest dwellers. And then there's the um, the army guys that are trying to hunt them down and kill them. Yes. All of uh, the army dudes, there's a lot of bulky white dudes in there. Yeah. Yeah, they are. I don't think they're all. I don't think they're all called like John Smith. I think there is a little racial diversity in there, but just going from the conversation we had to this, I was like, "Oh no, please don't to say that there's some deep-seated racism in children's movies as well." Not this one, anyway, please. So yeah, that's fun. I really liked that growing up. Uh, because obviously the, the army people were the bad guys and the cool um, the Gorgonites were awesome. Yeah. And they were all not, they were nice, they befriended this kid and there was Kirsten Dunst in it. That was pretty cool. I was young, didn't quite know how... David Cross was in what? it. Who's David Cross? As in Bob and David, um, Arrested Development, David Cross... I just blew oh, myself. Oh, yeah. He plays Erwin Wayfair. Is that the main guy? I think that's the main guy. That's maybe, fun. Probably, maybe, maybe. Um, I just wanted to see who produced it, because I, I wonder if it's a Weinstein film. It's not. Oh, come on, stop trying to ruin shit for me. Kirsten Dunst was in it. I was at the age where I was I had I wasn't noticing girls I don't think when this came out but okay. I I very much enjoyed her presence I didn't know why but I liked it um yeah I really enjoyed the movie I thought it was action packed I thought it was all fun I thought it was really cool and then I showed it to a friend a few years ago and she'd never seen it and I spent over an hour just going, it gets good. Honest. It is a good film. I remember it being a really good film. If you search... Oh. It wasn't much over. A, it was about an hour and a half, and it was just... I think... I, I, re I really like... I feel nostalgic for that, I think, more, because I... I feel nostalgia for how good I thought that movie was. And now re-watching it, it's not as good as I remember. But in my head, it's still great. Um, sorry, go on. It's just You're about to ruin this. For yeah, me. sorry. Um, I this movie might explain quite a lot of you because if you search Christy Fimple, yeah, wait for it, which is Kirsten Dunst's character's name in Google Image Search, most of the images, especially the top three, are Kirsten Dunst's character um, being bound and gagged by what look like a bunch of nude mannequins. 
<laughs> oh, yeah, I forgot about that bit. The Conversation Hat Podcast. Um, let's go. I only have one TV. Okay, I've got a few TVs, so, so let's so, do TV. So you go through two of your TVs, I'll go through mine, because then if mine's turns out that I'm just ranting when I thought it was nostalgia, it's just me ranting, we can go with that. Oh, actually, no, I've got two, but yes, Amazing. you go. Um, Simpsons. Seems like an obvious choice. Um, I Simpsons was a really big deal for me and has informed a lot of uh, my sense of humour um, and kind of the, the way I like to tell stories and the way I like stories being told. And the reason it's nostalgia for me rather than something that has, has carried on is like when I got to a teenager, I did sort of stop watching it. Um, I think that's about the point where Simpsons kind of got a bit meh and also I was doing other things. So it, kind of recently with, with Disney Plus and that, I have been re-watching Simpsons and feeling a lot of nostalgia as well as realising, oh, there are so many levels of humour that we just didn't even notice as, as kids at the time. Um, so Simpsons is one, a pretty big one. Um, mm -hmm. Did you watch Simpsons as a kid? Um, yeah, it was sort of not like... We didn't have Sky. Yeah. So if we wanted to watch Simpsons, it was weekdays, Channel 4, 6 o'clock, that was it. Uh, so I, I watched them, it would be after school, be like news round or whatever was on, mum would want to watch some news, and then Simpsons. Mum would watch the headlines, then we'd watch the Simpsons. I don't know if I would necessarily feel nostalgia for it, because it's still going, and the quality mm. of some seasons and episodes, I know some people now hate it. Some people go, oh, the first four seasons or whatever, and yeah. now everything's bad. It's yeah. been going, what, 26 years? More? Quite a while, yeah. It's, it's been going on a long time. So, mm. yeah, I, I used to watch them. I, I enjoyed watching them as a child. I don't make the time to watch them every day now. Yeah. Sorry if I just... <laughs> no, 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 not at all. No, Ch no I, I agree with you completely. Um... Do I think it's it's difficult to go. Ah, oh, yes, I feel nostalgia for this. Did you watch it? No. Or nah. yeah, it was all right. That's okay. That's I mean, nostalgia is the the point of it is that it's um, unique to individuals rather than you know not. Um, <laughs> what was one of yours then? Uh, so now this these I'm I'm going quite far back into childhood now. Saturday morning television. Live. Okay. Yeah. SMTV Live with Ant and Deck and Cat Dealey. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It was like, so it was a show. It was, a few, it was three hours long, I think. And then they'd have cartoons, they'd have games, they'd have audience, they'd sometimes have celebrity guests. Um, which wasn't. You know, it, it felt like it was the biggest one that I'd seen. Yeah. Because there was obviously CBBS and BBC, CBBC, and all that stuff, which was that. But this felt much more anarchic and yes. like bigger budget. 
and they would do they would take the piss out of things. So uh, when because obviously Friends was very big mm. at the time, they would have like a five minute short every week called Chums. Nah. Which was just them in a flat and kind of take the piss out of friends. Yeah. There was a running joke of Deck and Cat were together, but they never got to kiss because the doorbell always went and there was a celebrity. They'd also, I think they did, Who Wants to Be a Millionaire? They, They would do it just so daft. And like at certain points they'd say, okay, kids, remember if you are going to send in your parents' credit cards details... Make sure that the expiration date hasn't passed because it's a waste of everybody's time. Really stupid. It's funny for a kid and it's funny for an adult. It. Looking back, they were probably on cocaine. Oh yeah. They there were, sexy jokes. There were just dirty things. There was, uh, th- there was so much stuff, but it wasn't weird. There were jokes that and had like Lorraine Kelly was coming over to the flat in Chums and he's like oh I better go and tidy up you don't want to see I'll tidy my room up we don't want Lorraine seeing bras and knickers everywhere do you not mean tidying cat's room up and he goes yes yes and it it, that was just stupid it wasn't it wasn't taking the piss out of anyone it wasn't me it was Stupid, weird, but almost wholesome. Yeah, I guess they would have when Pokemon was on. Instead of doing the chums thing, they would have poker battles where they would try to put voices on, and they would dress as the characters from Pokemon, and they'd have really weird Pokemon that would happen. So they'd have TV video program where they would try to set up the. It's like, oh, you have to try and set up the VCR. And they just shout and chat bollocks to each other. Deck would be mist Deck would be misty and at some point always get punched or fall over and scream that she would never have kids anymore. (laughs) It was just so who thought up half of this. Yeah, yeah. There was I had a VHS tape of the highlights of SMTV Live. And on one of them, there was a poker battle. And I think you can still find this on YouTube. If it is, I'll find it, send it to you. We can put it in the show notes. Yes, please. Where it's like the end of the battle and it's Gary versus Misty. Uh, It's like, I will defeat you, Misty, by using the ultimate girly Pokemon. I choose Brian. And there's a big thing like, Brian? Who's Brian? That's that's ridiculous. Wait. It's, it's not him, is it? It can't be. And he just goes, yes, come on, guys. And I think it's Boyzone come out. Is it Boyzone? I think it's Boyzone. And they're singing. And one of the guys is Brian. And Deck, dressed as Misty from Pokemon, losing his absolute shit, screaming, telling him that he loves him, while this poor bloke is trying to sing. Yeah. Or at least look like he's singing. But he's just slowly curling up behind his mates. Tears coming down his eyes. Deck rips... Sorry, that was my mic. Rips his shirt open to reveal a big picture of Brian's face. And it's just so... Clearly this was scripted, but 
almost no one seemed to know what the other person was about to do. Okay. That's fun. They clearly had a small format, but then people would just do shit. Yeah. Or they would have stuff... Pla- it was... Google or YouTube SMTV Live best bits, and there's some real, real gold on there. So... If you can't tell, I very much enjoyed that show. That has come across through your enthusiastic yeah. storytelling. Cool. But yeah, it was great, and I think that sort of led on to Dick and Dom in the Bungalow. I was going to say, was that Anton Dex really kind liked. of first thing? I, it was, apart from when they were PJ and Duncan in Biker Grove, I think they were in. Right, That's okay. how they did it. But but their first sort of Anton Deck thing, yeah. presenting, I think that was them. And yeah, it went on to Dick and Dom in a Bungalow, which was great. It went on, I think it inspired Ministry of Mayhem, which was sort of okay to watch. It wasn't as good as SMTV, but now you grow up and you look back and you go, wow, that was not okay. They, it was kind of racist, Mm. kind of ableist, pretty damn sexist, and not in sort of like a boobs or not in like a carry on film sort of way. Right. Or maybe a little bit too much like a carry-on film way, but it was kids' TV. Yeah. They'd have Holly Willoughby dressed in a very small maid's outfit, pushing a trolley of cream pies. Lovely. Which, you know, as a coming-of-age ch- boy, that's great until you realise, you sort of take back and go, oh, that's, that's, that's objectification and that's... Mm. No, it's well. And they and the, they they had an Asian character called Mr. Lee. All he would do is stand there doing this, going Lee, Mr. Lee, Mr. Lee, Mr. Lee, Mr. Lee. They would have Ramit Ray, who was a dwarf that they would make run into doors to see if he could get if it was a real door or if it was a bit of paper. Wonderful. SMTV wasn't didn't do that. It was. Or if it did, I was too young and it's, and I'm happy. Yeah, SMTV, good. Mystery of Mayhem. Arr. I've got one that um, I had no Go business on. watching. Happy Days. I used to watch Happy Days. I don't know what channel it was on. I don't know why I thought this is appealing to me as a child. But I used to watch Happy Days. It was pretty good. Was it channel 4 was bombs, Happy Days? And I think... Could have been Channel 4. Uh, and th- it was obviously from the 50s or the 60s or whatever. And this was the early 2000s. I wanted to be the Fonz. I realised now that was the point in the Fonz. Um, yeah. And then the guy that played... Tell, tell. The guy that played Chachi went on to be a Trump supporter. Uh, he had a role uh. in Arrested Development before Trump was arrested called Bob Loblaw. He had a law blog. He was a lawyer. Um... And yeah. I named my first D&D character Bob Loblaw. And then when I realised that he was a Trump supporter, I tried to get my character killed and the DM wouldn't let me. It was really annoying. Uh, happy Days. I was say, tell, me, tell me some more stuff about Happy Days because I never really watched it. I, I know one thing about Happy Days. Yeah. The and, um, but t- tell tell me more things. I'm I'm struggling to remember lots, but uh, the gist of it was um, sh- teenage shenanigans in a pretty tame, pretty wholesome fifties, uh, sixties American 
nuclear family environment. I think they're the parents and then two kids. And I think Fonz was like the archetypal kind of, not not a greaser, but like he was a biker, so he had a leather jacket. Uh, if things would break, he'd punch them and then they'd work. Punch them and go, hey. He, um, and he, he, he liked his bike and his hair more than anything. And I think he lived in, above the garage in like the family's house. And the door. That, that's a bit creepy. Is it, they had like a Fonz annex. Uh, I think the daughter got married to a character called Chachi, who was Bob Loblaw. Um, that's about all I really remember. And I, a lot of the um, drama was around oh, the. the, the sock hop isn't going to happen because we've run out of socks or some shit and then Fonz was like I'm wearing three pairs and he pulls them out of his pants <laughs> or whatever and I remember there was one where some guy like got hit on the head or he accidentally got like rehypnaled or something and like did the most raunchy thing which was uh, blow a raspberry on some girl's stomach and he went to prison for rape um I'm misremembering some of it, but that was the gist of it. And like, just the very fact that this woman had a midriff seemed to be the a point of contention. I need to watch some Happy Days. I just put it down because I remembered watching it and thought that was weird. Fair enough. Thank you. The one thing, one thing I know about Happy Days is the jumping the shark. That's where the phrase yes. jumping the shark comes from. Yeah. Uh, Fonz, for some reason is set the challenge to jump over a shark pit and he doesn't surf and everyone's like, why don't you surf? You're the Fonz. So then he has to learn to surf and he does it. And it's like supposed to be character development because you you see Fonzie as like this uh, fearless kind of character and he's not, he's afraid of sharks, pussy. Um, yeah, happy days. But that, that's led to the phrase uh, jumping the shark because it was thought that they were running out of ideas. So they were just like, that makes jump sense. over a shark. Yeah. So, um, yeah, now whenever a show does something weird or drastic like that, it's known as jumping the shark because of Happy Days. Uh, There's the show uh, Two Pints of Lager and a Packet of Crisps. That makes sense. One of the main actors decided to leave the show. So they yeah. they genuinely they do a live episode which they did very well, but uh, they genuinely had that character dying whilst jump trying to jump a shark because they knew that right. the show was either going to be okay or it was going to completely flop because they didn't have the full cast anymore. Little little references, little right, yeah, yes. Yeah. Uh, what was your other TV one, buddy? Um. See, now this is something that's so far on the very edge of memory. Do you remember Zig and Zag? Ah, Zig and Zag. They were like two fuzzy puppets. They had an ice but they cream. Had... And when we were talking about ice cream earlier, I think now it was the Zig and Zag ice cream that I'm remembering. That's, well, you, you remember Zig and Zag then? Yeah. Sort of Not vividly, they things. were just weird and they were aliens and they made absurd noises and that was all you really needed from a kid's yeah. show back then. Yeah, 
I have this memory of when they, they had a little series or something where they had to, I think they had like a time machine and it blew up and a part of the time machine went into each different part, part of history. So they'd go and like, they'd be in like a Saxon village and have to find the cog so they can put their time machine back together and but get But how home. did they get there without the time machine working? I think they were in the time machine and it blew up or something like that. I can't... Re- I said it's on the very edge of my Fair. memory, but I remember watching one episode of that and really, really liking it. But then I don't think I ever saw another episode. Okay. So I really want... There's like a, there's like a hunger to see all of them, yeah. but I never did. Cool. Uh, my last so, yeah, one for TV is... My last one for TV is Nightmare. I've definitely spoken about Nightmare before. I've definitely told you about it. It yes. was a a kids game show where um, it was like a medieval fantasy good time adventure. And what would happen is you, a team of, I think, four of you, so three people would sit on a bench and then the dungeoneer would have like a, a helmet put on them that they couldn't see out of. And they'd go through a room and, like, it's a big chroma key stage. So, like, they're projected onto a um, a screen where the, cat, the the children can see the dungeoneer in a room with, like, a wall that talks or a giant spider over there or, or a wishing well or something. And they tell the, the dungeoneer how to interact with the environment and then go through doors and there's tasks and there's puzzles and there's characters. Yeah. It's really fun and... If you get a chance whenever in 2022 when there are comedy events again, if you get a chance to see Nightmare Live, do it. It is such a laugh, even if you don't know what is going on. Um, because, yeah, they, they, they've somehow managed to franchise a live show out of Nightmare where um, I, th- I think they still blindfold one person and then it a panel usually like uh, in like reasonably low level I say low level celebrities I mean like geeky YouTubers and stuff I think Ashens for example I think he was on one of the early panels they will try and guide the the Dungeoneer who's an audience member through different tasks and of course it's funny because they can't see the things that the audience sees and the fact that it's done live is really fun. It's it's a little bit shoddy in places, but like that's sort of the humour of it. Um, mm-hmm. And the the chap who we saw a couple of years ago presenting it was really funny. I can't remember his name. Um, so yes, Nightmare Live, Nightmare spelt with a K, as in Knights in Shining Armor. Nightmare, um, Nightmare. really good. And the TV show like properly gets me in the nostalgia bone. Um, and Treyguard, the the character that was like the presenter, looks a lot like my dad. Um, yeah, nightmare. Conversation. Uh, we have music and game left. We do. I have not got a full category for either of these. Okay. Um, I think the the issues that I've had. With a couple of with a couple of these is that music 
you can still sort of listen to it. There's, I've, I've not stopped listening to a cert, certain type of music. Is there anything so, that, like, you're... Because the two, two of these bits of music are things that either my dad or my brother would listen to, so, so they were just around when I was a kid. So, like, I don't really listen to them now because they, they were... Well, if I do listen to them now, I associate it with memories from childhood because that's what was around mm. then. Uh, well, we're talking about music now, so I'm writing that one down. Sure. Um, do, you, do you have any you want to share for that? or um, The 10th anniversary Lemmy's soundtrack. Specific. Do go on. Yeah. So I was 16, 17, and I was in a production of Les Miserables, or Les Miserables, or Lemmy's. Or that French one. Oh yeah. Uh, um, I played Monsieur Thenardier, the in the, the innkeeper and general Baden. Mm. Um, and it was, yeah. It, it, there was just something about the show that everyone in it really fucking worked. Okay. At it, like. Like, I was in... Yeah, I must have been 17, so I think it was in sixth form, so sometimes we had free periods. I didn't live too far away. Me and another couple of cast members, lunch breaks, free periods, we'd go to mine, we'd watch as much of the uh, DVD of the 10th anniversary show as we could, even if it was just art, the songs that we were in, the songs that we would sing, mm. or the whole lot. So, and And then we would go and we did more performances of that than anything else. We did matinee performances, which we hadn't ever done before with that group. I remember finishing the first show and getting annoyed because people were standing. I was like, Jesus Christ, we've not even done finished the curtain call. Why are they standing up to leave? They weren't. They were standing up to applaud. First time, first time that ever happened for me. And it happened to every single show that we did. Nice. That, that was special. That's not something you expect to ever really happen, no. and for it to happen every single show, damn. Yeah. Uh, we went to go and see it at the West End. We had a little after. We had an after party for it where we would sing the songs. Me and uh, my mates Jason Phillips. Jason listens. Woo. Hi, Jason. And uh, Elliot, Elliot Rocco Trenuth, now Pencil Bandit. Oh, go yeah. check him out. He's cool. Uh, we rewrote the words to One Day More to specifically talk about our show. So, like, how some people hadn't acted. This, you know, it was fun. So, now, whenever I hear those... I think possibly One Day More is probably the main one. Whenever I hear that, and it's the 10th anniversary one, because that's the one that we listen to. That one does certain, squirtingly bring back memories. Um, so when I was a kid, I wasn't really into music at all. Like, my parents tried to get me to play violin. Didn't like playing violin because it hurts your fingers. Um, mm -hmm. I mean, now as a 30-year-old, I get that it's basically supposed to, but meh. Um, so my... Dad was really into kind of folk music, so so he'd play a lot of folk music, and I think because of that, um, my brother was into folk music as well. 
so we we used to have like um all kinds of like traditional um english irish welsh scottish folk music um trying to think of a few examples we used to have um billy Connolly's music playing quite a lot um crofters who i think were a cambridge based thing uh planxtia win uh the levelers if we're feeling saucy i still like the levelers now um one dude sticks in my head called jake thackeray jake thackeray wrote uh funny silly music but i didn't think it was funny or silly at the time um i just didn't really get it um but now i do and i like listening to it because it's um it's kind of jaunty sort of um it feels like folk music, but the chords are sort of more, um, like, not quite jazzy, maybe slightly bossa nova-y. I don't know, hard to put a pin in, but, like, he's really fun, Jake Thackeray. One song, can't remember what it's called, but it's basically about him getting so drunk that he sees a naked statue of a lady turn into a real naked lady, and that's the song. So he's okay. a lot. Jake Thackeray. My brother used to play a lot of Led Zeppelin and he was quite protective about the music that he liked because I guess like as an older sibling like your younger brother steals everything or at least that's your view on the world. Which that's is my fair. music, get away. Yeah exactly so like whenever he was like away or whatever I'd try and like sneak record, sneak his CDs of Led Zeppelin and try to like copy them onto cassettes um, which I did. Um so Led Zeppelin sort of makes me feel quite nostalgic in that way. I don't really listen to Led Zeppelin since the whole, since learning about the whole um, Jimmy Page trying to marry a 14-year-old situation. That's put me off them somewhat. Um, but they still sort of do make me feel nostalgic in that way. Um, the other one, <laughs> which is a bit sillier, this was a little bit later, but um, the first CD... Oh, hang on, no, there's an extra one I can add. Uh, the first CD that I chose to buy, that I bought for myself, was the Shrek soundtrack. So, like, um, that, that'll that get me feeling all nostalgic. But the reason I bought the Shrek soundtrack was because it had a cover of I'm a Believer. And the Monkees were one of the first bands that I liked as a kid and that was unique to me. It wasn't something I'd stolen off my brother, essentially. And I think that came about because um, he was really into the Beatles, and obviously I wasn't allowed to be into the Beatles. So my parents were like, well, why don't you listen to the knockoff American version of the Beatles? They're called the Monkees, um, and they are exactly a knockoff Beatles, except they tried to make a TV show out of them. Uh, with yeah. mixed, mixed results but I do I really like the Monkees um, they have got some really good songs especially when they decided to write music rather than just mime the music they were given um, so yeah and there was a TV show that I quite liked as well maybe that's why I got into Happy Days I don't know um, so there you go there, there's a whole big collection of crap <laughs> do with that information I... what you will <laughs> The Conversation Head Podcast. Uh, any more for music or shall we move on to game? I imagine you've... Do you have some for game? I imagine you will. 
Well, I've I've. Or do you down... still play the games that you're nostalgic about? I have two things for games. Did you? I had headbutted my laptop. Were you? Did you have consoles as a kid or PC? Um, we had a PC, but I would never say that we used it really for gaming. Okay. We played. We played Commander Keen. Yeah. Hell yeah. Uh, that's how I learned to play Solitaire. Yeah. That's how no one ever learned how to play Minesweeper. Because what is no it? No one does know. What is that game? Don't get it. Um, and then there was like the pinball thing, mm. and maybe yeah, they, Tetris. Those are all very familiar to me as well. But yeah, that was never for gaming. Those were games that were on there. Yeah, yeah. The first console I had would have been the Super Nintendo. Okay. So the SNES. For context, my most of my gaming is and still is PC based. I got a PlayStation One when I was like in school, so it's not really nostalgic for me. Um, I am nostalgic about uh, the SNES as well. I didn't have one, but a mate had one, and whenever he went on holiday, I got to borrow it. And nice. now I own the HDMI SNES because everything is coming up me. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Um, so go on. What have you got? Yeah, I've I have I've only got two. Mm-hmm. Uh, one's not surprising. Well, now <laughs> after there were Tamagotchi. Yes. There were Digimon. Correct. And I don't think that I've ever. Certainly not before, and I don't think since, had loved something quite like that. Mm -hmm. We've got Pokemon Go now. I'm sure you can still get a Tamagotchi. But I had a neon yellow... I'm holding my fingers up like this. They were probably smaller. Little keychain with two buttons and a reset button and a tiny screen with little pixels on. And if you, you'd have to clean up after it, you'd have to feed it, depending on how well you looked after it, it would change into different things that would then change into other different things. So some you didn't, if you didn't clean up its poo for a week, it would turn into this one thing. If you fed it lots, it would turn into another thing. And there were so many different ways that that's why there was the reset button that you had to get a pin to press in case you messed up and didn't get what you wanted. Mm -hmm. I can remember being in the back garden of my mum's house because you could press them together and you could fight. But you always had to, for some reason, you had to make sure that you were at eye level so you could push them together so you made sure you'd do it. And then as soon as it connected, you would turn away and walk off. <laughs> Not that you could possibly cheat by seeing someone else's screen, but you have to go yeah. to the other end of the garden. And I yeah, remember I was about I was about to get like one of the hardest ones. I was one way away to getting one of the hardest Digimon to get. And for some reason I chose to do this battle and I lost and that meant I got the rubbish one instead of the best one. And you I would carry it round. I think I lost this is I think I lost it on a turkey farm <laughs> when we were looking when mum was picking out the chicken or whatever we were gonna have for Christmas that year. Right, and I've I, you you can't, I don't think you can get them anymore. 
they they did have bigger ones, but it was the original that I I loved that little thing. I mean, you got Pokemon Go now. You've got handheld consoles all over the everywhere, but there was just something about having it in your pocket and you could yeah play it at yeah, break yeah. time. That was just like that's just like the perfect little bit of childhood for me. As having one of those little little stupid cubes. Yeah. Cool. Um, so I used to get a lot of um, like demo CDs for some reason. So we used to play a lot of games that were like the first two levels of actual games. So we, I think we found Duke Nukem that way, uh, Chips Challenge, Commander Keen, all that good stuff. Uh, Dig Dug, that was a good one. Joust. Um, Duke Nukem, we ended up playing quite... We got the full version and ended up playing that quite a lot. Uh, that's how I found Warcraft 2 uh, and then retroactively played Warcraft 1 and accidentally got really into Warcraft over the years. Um, I remember getting a demo for Dungeon Keeper and then I mm-hmm. played the crap out of Dungeon Keeper 2. And for, I, for some reason, like one of the only CDs we had was ABBA's Greatest Hits. And I didn't listen to ABBA's Greatest Hits unless I was playing Dungeon Keeper 2. And that's why that's on the gaming list and not the music list. Um, Fair. So games that really stuck with me, Warcraft 2 stuck with me a lot. I played the crap out of that because we couldn't get the expansion to work for years. So this was back in the day when, like, you couldn't just buy a game. You had to check that the game would run on your spec PC. And, like, that isn't a problem you have if you've if you're got a console because you just make sure it's the right console and it'll work. But with PCs, you've got to make sure that you've got the actual right setup. Otherwise, the game just won't work. Um, so we, for some reason, Warcraft 2 would work, but the expansion to Warcraft 2 wouldn't. So, like, that made it a really big deal in my head. So, like, when I could play it, eventually, like, probably a year later, it was, like, the coolest thing in the world. Um, So that got played to death. Edge of Empires 2 was a big deal. Um, Of course. What else did I play? There was a game called Zeus Poseidon. Um, I think I live-streamed that for Splets Play, like, a couple of years ago. Um, that was like a sort of cartoony build em up um, somewhere between kind of like Age of Empires, but like military wasn't really supposed to be an aspect of it. It was just about like resource management and stuff, and it was super cartoony and stuff, and it was based in ancient Greek, so it was cool to me. Um, the Discworld games were a big deal. Did you play the Discworld games? Oh, the uh, point and click. With Eric Idle as Rinswin. Voice with Eric, Eric Idle. Yeah, they, they I think cool. I only played one of them and I didn't quite understand it, so I never got past the bit with a wooden leg. Yeah. You had to pretend that you were a corpse, but I never got past that bit. Yeah, I remember that bit. That was tricky. I don't think I ever finished it. No, I, th- I think maybe I finished that one because eventually when we got the internet, I could look up cheats. Uh, there was a second Discworld game and Discworld Noir, and I never finished them. <laughs> I think mostly because they were actually my brothers and he couldn't know that I was playing them. Uh, I stole his version of StarCraft for several years. That was good. Um, 
<laughs> which is Warcraft, but in space. Maybe you work that out. Um, yeah. Lots of games. Maybe that's why I'm a nerd. Don't know. Don't know. Um, and if I had to choose, like, I think Warcraft had, like, a big effect because then, obviously, played World of Warcraft down the line, which was, like, took up a lot of my life. Um, and Discworld, like, just the whole Discworld franchise is really cool. And, like, I know that the, um, the, the, first Discworld game certainly wasn't considered canon because Rincewind's hat wasn't pointy enough, but like it's got Eric Idle voice in it. <laughs> Who cares? It's all good. Who um, cares? Yeah. I could oh, forgive monkey, David mon Jason playing Rincewind in uh the Hogfather. Oh he was Hogfather, good. Uh, Colour of Magic. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. He's also old and fat and short, whereas yeah. Rincewind's meant to be tall and thin and young. But it worked. So <laughs> Oh, what was the other... Crap, I just thought of another one. Um, Monkey Island. Monkey Island, thank you. That thing I said out loud. That was also great. All three of the Monkey Islands. Uh, we played through all of them recently, uh, me and Laura. That was a lot of fun. Is it because uh, you look a bit like Guybrush Threepwood? Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I remember that. I remember whoever it was that told me that. It was... Um, AD of uh, the British IBM. I can't remember if we had him on the conversation how or if he was on one of the early Star Panda podcasts. The gist of what is going on in the chat is number one, Cy Pettit was saying David Jason was great, but Eric Idle embodies the voice of Rincewind better. I, I yep. agree with that. Um, and it was Star Panda Presents that AD from British IBM said, I look like Guybrush Threepwood. He was there. Fine, no. I agree. Uh, MK Tucsonfort on YouTube says, speaking of point and click games, Day of the Tentacle. Yes, I tried replaying oh. that recently. Hard. I got, I couldn't get out of the. I think I got stuck quite early on. <laughs> um, I can't remember what point I got to. Day of the Tentacle was dope. Yes, I remember you telling me about Day of the Tentacle. There's a lot of games that like I've tried to replay recently, and I'm like, I lit I don't know how I ever managed to finish this game as a kid because this is hard, and I was objectively more stupid as a child. I had less things to worry about, but I was definitely stupider. <laughs> well, at least you're open about that. Oh yeah, no, I'm fine with that. Um, anything that isn't something I have said in like the last week is stupid. Because <laughs> we're always learning. <laughs> um, I think we probably need to wrap up there. Um, that was the Conversation Hat podcast. This was a live stream recording. We did our best. Uh, we're only an hour late. I think we did really well, personally. Um, these recordings happen every month on Twitch and YouTube. And I've also embedded a player on conversationhat.com just for the sake of anyone who thinks that that's where live streams are. Um, we do these once a month, so if you're listening, if you're watching the podcast being recorded right now and the words that are coming out of my face are happening live in front of you, you have to wait a month for the next one. If you're listening to this on the podcast, good for you. You only have to wait three weeks for the next broadcast. Look at that. Uh, we have merch, Teespring. Um, 
Is it Teespring? I'm just going to check. And the there'll URL. be a podcast well, in between now and again. then. He's back. Uh, where's it gone? Where's it gone? Has to use my internet to check. Um, it's this whole big thing, but just look for Conversation Hat on TeePublic. There'll be links. If you're watching on Twitch, you can scroll down and press the link. If you're on YouTube, go to conversationhat.com and just find it, you idiot. Um, podcast, 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 live stream, podcast, podcast. You've got to get those tags in at the end of the show, otherwise there's no point. Oh, here's, here's a little sneaky little twist that Do I it. wanted to throw in. Give us a sneaky twist. On Splets Play, we have played Pokemon Snap on the, super, on the uh, oh, yeah. N64 that's still at your house. Uh, they have announced that a new one is going to come out. So at some point, we will... I've not Bloody hell. given Liam any choice here. We will play new Pokemon Snap. Go subscribe to other channels right. where that might be on for when it is. If you find Splets Play on Twitch and or YouTube, that is the place where that will happen whenever that happens. Magical. Um, shall we hit stop on the audio recording and then say goodbye to the wonderful pod babies who are watching us live. Let's do that before someone freezes and fucks up again. Uh, I have hit stop. Thank you for listening to and presumably enjoying the Conversation Hat podcast. We've chosen to put this, the only advert, at the very end of the show because we wanted to specifically target the people who enjoy the Conversation App podcast the most. And the fact that you're still listening, even though the episode has actually finished, well, that leads me to believe that you're exactly the people I want to talk to. The Conversation Hat podcast, and indeed everything we do here at Odd Creative, is an entirely independent operation. So please bear in mind that even though we don't get paid for doing these episodes, that doesn't mean they're not work. So we're asking you, our most dedicated listeners, to consider what you think this show is worth. If it's worth around one American dollar, which, I mean, it is at least worth that, then do consider subscribing to our Patreon. A Patreon subscription to the Conversation Hat podcast is a monthly recurring payment of pretty much however much you want to send us. For one dollar or more every month, you get early access to our recorded episodes. You also get access to an additional patrons-only mini-podcast, so something that only people who subscribe to our Patreon will be able to hear. Which is really exciting for us because it means that we can be really super gross and only our most dedicated listeners will ever hear it. That's kind of fun. So if that sounds interesting to you, please go to patreon.com forward slash conversation and see what else we have on offer. Thank you for your time.